All right, I get the Vach, a brand new parak. Today's daf is daf memhei, page 45, but we are still on mem dalad And we're going to go back to the beginning of the ninth and final parak of the Heilige Meseches Saita. We have a lot to do ahead of us. We have a long daf ahead of us. We'll try to accomplish as much as we can. And the final daf is going to primarily focus towards the end of the parak we'll have a lot of Agadita, but for the first few Prakim, at least, we're going to primarily focus on the mitzvah of Aglarufa. Let's remind ourselves what happened. So, the Tyrant and the Parsha Shaiftim lets us know that if you find. You're out of sync with your voice. Okay, out of sync. All right, so we'll put ourselves in sync. Okay, so that should be better. So, here we go. So, the mitzvah of Aglarufa was when they would find a corpse in between two cities. So the Bezdin, we're learning our Mishnah, the Sanhedrin, members of the Sanhedrin would actually come and measure which town was was closer because the assumption is that the death came from the uh, the nearest town. Once they've measured which Jewish town is the closest, they would bring a calf, we'll see what, the the ramification the parameters of the calf later, but they would bring a calf into a valley that was not yet worked, and they would break the uh, break the back of the neck. They would wash their hands, and they would basically say that we're not the type of town that would send somebody off into uh, into danger. And then there would be uh, tefilas to daven for kapara. Okay. Now, the reason why we get on to Eglarufa is because the Eglarufa, like the previous halachas, has to be done in Lashon Kaidish. It's been in Lashon Kaidish. And that's where our Mishnah is going to pick up. Okay? Here we go. We're going to move along because we're a little bit behind and it's a, it's a long daf. So we're going to try to get this done in the next, uh, uh, you know, try to get this done in the next uh, 50 minutes or so. All right. Eglarufa, Lashon Kaidish. Eglarufa. It has to be said in Lashon Kaidish. Remember, as it says, Ki If you find a a corpse on the uh, ground, the Yatsu the elders and your judges go out. Now, is there any mention of Lashon Kaidish? No, nobody mentions anything about language. Rashi says right away. Rashi says, parach." The Gemara is going to already ask, What does Pasuk has to do with the Hebrew tongue? Okay. So we're going to have to wait for the Gemara to answer that. Next. How many members does Sanhedrin go out to measure? Says the Tanakama, three. Rabbi Yudah says, no, Chamisha, it's five. Why? Shenemar Zekeinacha, your elders is Shnayim. Vishayvtecha, your judges, Shnayim. So that's four. And we know you can never have an equal amount. When it comes to a bezdin, vein bezdin shakel, so my sifin lay might We add five. Why is bezdin never allowed to be allowed? Because we never want a hung jury. We never want a hung bezdin. So we always have an odd amount. This way you can follow the right, follow the majority. So we have sukkim proving four. Once I'm at four, we're going to up it to five. Says Rabbi Yehuda, five. Okay. Let's say the body is found underneath stones. Or the body is found hanging from a tree. Now it's not clear yet. The Gemara later, Mitzvah We'll get there, uh, hopefully even today, uh, tonight, if we cover enough ground, we'll, uh, we'll get into the conversation of, it's not necessarily, the Mishnah doesn't seem to say that the death happened through hanging per se. It just says, 
when they found the body, the body was hanging. So either the person was killed through hanging, either that's what it seems to seem right now, or he was killed a different way and they hung the body for whatever reason. Okay. Or the body is floating on water, then they, we would not have the mitzvah of Eglarufa, Shinamar, as it says, Ba'adama, it's got to be on the earth and unique to that. And not if it's buried in a pile of stones. On the earth seems to imply that the focus is it's just out in the open on the earth. If it's even if it's covered over, not. And fallen means he's not hanging from a tree either. It's laying there on the land, basada in the field, not floating in water. If the if the body is found at the edge of of Eretz Yisrael, or it's found near a city where it's mostly non-Jews, or if let's say the nearest town has no Bezdin, okay? So then, then they would not also, we would not have the mitzvah of Eglarufa. And the last thing the Mishnah ends off with is, it's unclear whether it's connected or not connected, we only measure to a city that has a Bezdin. All right. That's a statement. We'll see in the Gemara Bez Hashem where this statement connects to our Mishnah. So let's quickly go over this. Yeah? What our Mishnah had taught us is as follows. We're familiar now with the mitzvah of Eglarufa, where they would bring down this calf and decapitate it, part of an atonement process if you find a corpse lying near a city. There's a machlokas in our Mishnah, how many members of the Sanhedrin measured. It was either three or five. We also learned that the body has to be out in the open in a field. It can't be covered over with stones. It can't be hanging. It can't be floating on water. And there's no mitzvah of Eglarufa. We also learned that if it is near a city that's not Jewish, or it's near the border of Eretz Yisrael, or there's no Bezdin, also there's no Eglarufa. And then the Mishnah ended off with a statement, which is we only measure towards a town that has a Bezdin. Okay, fine. Vague statement. What, the, what do you mean that it has a Bezdin? What is specific size of the Bezdin? Is it a qualification of a previous statement? Is it a new halacha? Not so clear. All right, we'll wait for the Gemara. Here we go. Zot the Gemara. Micah Amar. Let's go back to the beginning of our Mishnah, which said that Eglar Rufa has to be done, Belash and Kaidish, in the Holy Tongue. Why? So he said, oh, because the elders and the judges go out. What's he got to do, Belash and Kaidish? Answers the Gemara, Amr Rebbe says, this is what their mission means to say. Shenamar, as it says, Vianu Viamru, they're going to answer and say, And by Hagrizim and Harevel, it says, The same expression of Vianu and Vamru. Now, by Hagrizim and Harevel, we know it was Lashon Kaidish. So, just like by Agrizim and Areval, it was done in the Holy Tongue, so too the Eglarufa has to be done with Lashon Kaidish. And how did they do the Eglarufa? And then three members of the, of the Sanhedrin would go out. Okay, so what do you see from here? Bottom line. Bottom line. It seems the Mishnah just missing a piece, right? Which is, how do I know Egla Rufa is in the Holy Tongue? The answer is Va'anu Va'amru. Since the curses also say Va'anu Va'amru, and that was Lashon Kaidish, so too over here. And then our Mishnah says, and by the way, the way to do Egla Rufa is as follows, and then it continues on 
by telling us how many members of the Sanhedrin are needed. Okay. Rabbi Yudah says you need five judges. All right. So here we go. What is this deal with five judges? This is a fascinating sugya that's going to take us onto today's daf. Now let's talk for a moment. Our Mishnah said, how many members of the Sanhedrin must go out to measure? Tanakama, three. Rabbi Yehuda, five. We want to know why. Why three? Why five? What's the source? So our Gemara now is going to go into the back and forth of each one's source and then why they argue with each other in classic, what we refer to at ping pong fashion. Back forth, source. I don't like your source. You don't like my source. Da, 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 da. Let's go. Ton Rabbanon, the rabbis don't associate with The Zekenim and the judges go out. Zekenecha, your judges, Shtayim. That's multiple, too. Vishayvtecha, uh, and your judges, also multiple. Shnayim, another two. Vein Bezdin Shakal, and as our Mishnah taught us, you can't have four. You gotta add five. Divrei Rebuda. Rebuda says, that's where I get my five from. Shimon Rebbe Shimon says, no. You only need three. Why? Zekein Decha Shnayim. Vein Bezdin Shakal. You can't only have two. So, you add one. So now, what did the Rebbe Shimon leave out? That Shaiftecha is another two. Right? He said, Zekein Decha means two members of the Bezdin. Rabbi Yudah said Shaiftecha is another two. Rabbi Shimon doesn't say Shaiftecha is another two. Why not? So here we go. Rabbi Shimon Nami HaKiv V'Shaiftecha. According to Rabbi Shimon, it also says V'Shaiftecha. So why doesn't he count two more judges and bring your number three up to number five? He says because Shaiftecha doesn't mean two more judges. You know what it means? It's got to be members of the Sanhedrin. It can't be regular Dayanim. So Zekenecha teaches me it needs to be Dayanim. Two Dayanim. Shaiftecha teaches me that it can't be Stam Dayanim. It has to be Dayanim of the Sanhedrin. But it doesn't mean two more. Okay? But Rabbi Yehuda used it to teach me two more. Rabbi Yehuda means, uh, uh, so what about Rabbi Yehuda? Rabbi Yehuda says, no, Zekenecha is teaching me two more because it could have said Zekne. Sita says, Zekenecha, your elders... It could have written it in shorter form. Now that it writes it in longer form, teaches me that it needs to be from the members of Sanhedrin. Plus, I get up to five. Okay, Verb Shimon. Verb Shimon sticking to his guns with only three. Why? He says it, that you cannot learn it out from Zikne Zikenecha because he of Rachmana Zikne Havamina Filu Zikne Ashuk. I would think elders of the marketplace. Now, what does it mean elders of the marketplace? It, it doesn't mean like a ra- random older person. Uh, Sitting in the shuk, like the mice we mentioned this morning in the drasha, what it means is uh, one of the, a, a dayan who's not from the Sanhedrin. Therefore, it says to teach us it has to be from the Sanhedrin because Rachmana zikenecha. If I would have written zikenecha and not shayftecha, hava amina filu Sanhedrin katana. I would say from a Sanhedrin of twenty three judges because Rachmana b'shayftecha. Therefore, it says and your judges l'miuchadim shayftecha, which means the best judges of the best judges, which is referring to the Sanhedrin. Okay. He already learns out from he learns out how to darshan the word zikne elders from the words of zikne ha'eda. This is referring to the parhelam davar. If 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 there's ever a mistake in a psak that 
of of uh, Bezdin that caused Klaisol do an Avera, so we bring a Parelam Dovar Rashi explains, and the elders of Sanhedrin would come and they would be the ones to lean on the Parelam Dovar. Just like over there, it means members of the Sanhedrin. So I know over here it's referring to members of the Sanhedrin. Says the Gemara, no, because if I'm learning out from the Par Elam Davar, I should have to learn out everything from the Par Elam Davar. So I would know five judges from the Par Elam Davar. Why do I need Zikne and Vishayftecha at all? According to Yehuda, you have Exera Shava of par, from the Par Elam Davar. So I don't need Psukim at all to teach me five. I know five from elsewhere. So Gemara says, You're right. The really what's happening here is that Rabbi Yehuda is not using the Gzeir Shava of um, of uh, Parelam Dovar. He's learning out from Zikne and Shayftecha. Ella Vishayftecha Liminyana. He's learning out from the Vav of Vishayftecha to teach me Liminyana how many judges we need. Rabbi Shimon. And what about Rabbi Shimon? We now turn to top of today's daf. Vav Lei The extra Vav. Doesn't add on two more judges, period. We're going to skip on the parentheses. Fine. Now, right now what we're leaving off is as follows. That Rib Shimon is sticking to his guns, that you need three members of Sanhedrin to do the measurement from Zikhenecha. Reb Yehuda, granted, needs Vishayftecha uh, to teach me members of the Sanhedrin. So how does he know two more from the Vav? It says Vih. Since so, so that extra vav is unnecessary, and that's what's teaching me the extra two dayana. Okay, says the Gemara. I don't understand. But now the and they shall go out is plural. Shnayim umadadu and they measure shnayim. Lerab Yehuda reikantisha. You're gonna have zikenecha two vishayftecha two. Viyatsu, two. Umadadu, two. So you got two plus two plus two plus two is eight. You can't have an equal best. Then add one. According to Rabbi Yehuda, you should need nine. Dayonim. Rabbi Yehuda, Reikan Tisha, and Rabbi Shimon, Reikan Shiva. Why is it three for Rabbi Shimon and five for Rabbi Yehuda? It should be seven for Rabbi Shimon and nine for Rabbi Yehuda. And for the Gemara, Humi Boile, the Chedetanya. Those other psukim of Viyatsu and Umadadu are not adding judges. Rather, they're coming for a different reason, which is the Yatsu, what does it mean they go out? Hain That the Bezdin, the, the Sanhedrin themselves need to go out, and they cannot send any Shaluchim, any messengers on their behalf. Umadadu, and they measure, which means Afilu Nimsa Ba'alil Le'ir, Hayu Even if it's quite noticeable which city it's closer to. There's a mitzvah to measure anyway. It's a mitzvah to measure anyway. The bezin has to go out and measure. I, I know. Doesn't matter. Umadadu. Just measure it. She mitzvah lasayk b'medida. Let me know there's a mitzvah to involve yourself in the, in the uh, actual measurement. Okay. So again, what's the word responding? It's not seven and nine. Because those words are necessary for other halachas. All, uh, all we have for drasha of how many is the is the zikenecha and shayftach. Okay. Says the Gemara, you should know that our whole machlekes in the Mishnah between Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon is how many members of the Sanhedrin go out. Masnison, 
the like Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. And this mission is not found in the opinion of Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. The Tanya. Because Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov taught us. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov Aymer Zekinecha Zusan Hedrin Shaiftecha Zemelech V'kayin Gadol. When it says Shaiftecha, it's referring to the king and the Kayin Gadol. Okay? So we're already starting. We don't have our strong question yet. We don't have it's so clear yet, but what we're starting to see is that included in these words of Zekeinecha and Shaiftecha is not specific to Sanhedrin. Melech, Melech is Shaiftecha, Dechsev, Melech b'Mishpat Yamid Aretz. The king of Mishpat Yamid Aretz establishes the, the land. Kain Gadol Lusivu, Vosla Ghanim Alavim Ve'es, Vela Shaifet Asher Yiyeh, referring to the Kain Gadol. So according to Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, guess who needs to do the measuring? The king and the Kayin Gadol also need to be there. Now, that's not like our mission. Our mission is uh, Sanhedrin. Either three or five. According to Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, you also have an Amalekh and a Kayin Gadol. Yibaylu, that's the question, searching for information. Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, the Melech and the Kayin Gadol, who the Polik? This Rabbi Lazar Yaakov says that maybe you need the king and the Kain Gadol. Fine. But besides the king and Kain Gadol, how many other members of Sanhedrin need to be there? Does he hold like Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Shimon? Or maybe he argues about whether the Sanhedrin needs to be there at all. Maybe he holds, you need the entire Sanhedrin. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, Tashma, come and listen. If you have a Zakin Mamre, this is a fascinating uh, scenario where you have a member of the Sanhedrin who refuses to accept the din of the Sanhedrin and actively goes and, and, and follows his own psak. He's called a Zakin Mamre, a rebellious elder. They found, I'm sorry, if he's found, Abe Page. By the, um, uh, Abe Page is the, the um, it's an expression we're referring to outside Yerushalayim. Okay, referring to outside Yerushalayim. The um, Himra Aleim. And he receives a psak about them. Yochol Tehe Amrasa Amra. I would say it's considered a Zakin Mamre. Now, what's happening is the Zakin Mamre is not giving his psak in Jerusalem. He's giving his psak outside Jerusalem. Is he still on the level of a Zakin Mamre? We know he's not following the, the Sanhedrin. The question is, at, under if you follow certain parameters, Yechayev Misa. So is Yechayev Misa over here? Talmud Leimar, state and Pasuk, the Bible says, V'kamta v'alisa l'makam, he goes up to the place Malamed Shahamakoim Gairim that the Zakin Mamre has to be in uh, in the Beis uh, Hamikdash in order for it to be so severe. Okay, if he makes the uh, if the Zakin Mamre gives his psak elsewhere, so then he's not going to be Chay of Misa. Dinafuk Mina. Now, um, who? And how many members of Sanhedrin 
were outside. Uh, now over here, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't explain this properly. We're not only dealing with, we're not dealing with the Zakin Mamre being outside Yerushalayim, we're dealing with where the Sanhedrin give its psak. If the Sanhedrin gave their psak outside Yerushalayim, he's not going to be considered a Zakin Mamre. So, Denofak, we know how many people went to give the psak. Some of them went out Maybe there's other Dayanim inside who hold like him and he's not a Zakin Mamre. El could be so it must be that the entire Sanhedrin uh, went out, Ulamai, and why'd they go out? if they left for Dvarashos, me not They're not allowed to leave their place in the Beis Hamikdash unnecessarily. Baksiv, but it says, Shareich uh Agan Hasar, Vaal Yachsar Hamazeg. Uh, if one of them needs to leave, if there's no going to have 23 left, you are uh, allowed to leave. But if you're not going to have 23 judges remaining, he's not allowed to leave. So it's not possible that the Sanhedrin left for, an, for a Devara Rishus, for a choice. It must be why the Sanhedrin leave and give their psak elsewhere. Lidvar mitzvah. It must have been for whatever reason they had a, an obligation, a mitzvah, to to leave their post. Lamai and what what was the obligation to leave their post? Lav lemedidas egla. Why would the whole Sanhedrin be obligated to be outside Jerusalem? Isn't it because they had to perform the mitzvah of egla arufa? Virebiliyaz ben Yaakovi. And this Brisa, who's going through this whole Lachal Zakim Amre, is following the opinion of Rebbe Yezer ben Yaakov. So you see from over here that according to Rebbe ben Yaakov, not only do you need a Melech and a Kohen Gadol at the place of the measurement, you also need the entire Sanhedrin. Otherwise, how does this Brisa make sense? And for the Gemara, Amr Abaye, Abaye says, no, you have no proof. Like, Doma Lahisif Aliyir Valzares. Maybe they left their their place in, in the uh, uh, left their place in the Beis Hamikdash to add to the city the Al Ha'azores and also to the courtyards of the Beis Hamikdash. What does that mean? They went to add Ketzan like learned in the Mishnah. You need the you need a large Sanhedrin. Okay, now what you what they're doing over there is they're adding kedusha. When you're expanding Jerusalem, you're adding you're adding more area to the city. When you're expanding um, the the walls of the base Hamikdash, you're also adding. They need the entire Sanhedrin to be out there for. Okay, now what do you see from here? There's other reasons besides for Eglarufa why the Sanhedrin would have left. Hence, there is no proof that Rabbi Lozben Yaakov would hold that the entire Sanhedrin. Needs to be by the Egla Rufa. Tanya Kavasi Derb Yosef. We have a Raya like Rabbi Yosef. Now Rabbi Yosef was the one who was Abayi's Rabbi. He was one who said that, that the entire Sanhedrin had to be there. Now we have a Brysa, even though Abayi argues, we have a Brysa proving him. What does the Brysa say? Motson Abes Pagi. If the uh, Zaki Mamre was with the Sanhedrin by base Pagi Vehimra Aleim and rebelled against them over there. Kigoyin, for example, Shiatsu Libdinas Egla And what's the example of the Brisa? The Sanhedrin was by base Pagi for what reason? Either Egla Rufa 
or to be Moisif on the ear, or Moisif on the Azaras, Kavalt. What do you see, Beferish, explicitly? That the entire Sanhedrin would go out for a Glarufa. Yochol, I might think, Period. So you see from over here, Taka, Beferish, a Brisa, like Rebbe Leezer ben Yaakov, he's got to be the author of this Brisa, and he's Taka going to hold that whenever you have a Glarufa, not like our Mishnah, Rebbe was not our Mishnah, but he's going to say, Entire Sanhedrin, Kayin, Kayin Gadol, and the Melech. Okay. Now again, our Mishnah doesn't agree with this, right? Our Mishnah clearly brings down a Machlaikas between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yudah, whether it's three or five. But you do have a source now for Rabbi Yisif holding that there is a third opinion, which is that it's not three members of the Sanhedrin, it's not five members of the Sanhedrin, it's the entire Sanhedrin that had to go out. Okay. <clears throat> Two dots. First, wide, medium, and only, first and only, medium wide line. All right. Nimsa Begali Talabila. Our Misha says if, let's say, the body was found hidden, not out open in the field, or the body is found hanging from a tree, also there's no halach of Eglarufa. Lema Masnisin Rabbi Yehudi, let's say the Mishnah is Rabbi Yehuda and not the Rabban Tanalunter Baisum. Vishachachta, Aimer Besade, the Tanalunter Baisum, yeah. Vishachachta, Aimer Besade. This is referring to the Allah, where you have somebody who's harvesting their field and they forget, they forget grain that fell in their field. What's the halacha? You're not allowed to go back to get it, you have to leave it for the poor. This is what we call shikha. When a person harvests their field, there's three categories of grain that they need to leave for the poor. Leket, okay, shikha, and peya. Here we're dealing with shikha. What's called shikha? What's called forgotten grain? Pratlatom. We're not ref- talking about anything which is hidden. Okay, it's if the grain is forgotten, you leave it for the poor. But if it stayed out in the field, I didn't forget it. It was just hidden. I could go get it. The owner could go back and get it. He doesn't need to leave it for the poor. It's not called forgotten. He didn't realize it at the time. If it's out in the field, even if it was covered over. It is, uh, he's uh, obligated to leave it. Okay. Amarav, Rav says, you should know the, our Mishnah, that it can't be hidden under a pile of stones, does not need to be Rabbiud. It could even be the Rabbanon. And Allah of Agarufa and Allah of Shekha, each one is based upon their own psukim. They're not, the, the, the halachas are not interdependent. Why? When it comes to the body that's hidden, so when it comes to the body that's laying on the ground, it says, when you find a corpse, which means, wherever it was found, ultimately wherever you found it, always you bring in a glarufa. But then it says, on the ground, that excludes tomun, that uh, if it's hidden, it's not primarily focused on being on the ground. The problem is going to be that there's uh, it's under a pile of stones. So the pastor is not referring to such a case. 
And when it comes to the Tashikha also, there's Psukim dealing with that specific Allah that it says, just like when you harvest grain, it's out and it's revealed. So too, the whole time you forget it, it's revealed. Okay. So, bottom line is that the Allah of Eglarufa has one way to darshan. Allah of Shikha has another way to darshan. And it could even be following the Shittas Rabban. Says Gemara, you should know, what's your beauty going to do with these psukim of, of Shikha saying it needs to be, that it's similar to Katsir, that it has, the, only if it's left out in the open is it going to be considered Shikha? Okay? So Gemara says, Eina Chanami. Rebuta will agree with that. Vela besod alamali. So if he if I agree with that, um, why do I need lefi Rebuta the pasuk of basada on the field? I'll tell you. We boil the rabbi shicha kama. He's coming to include shicha kama, which means, let's say, a person's harvesting his field, and he missed some grain from even harvesting it. See, until now we've been referring to shicha as. Grain that I cut, I harvested it, and I forgot it. It fell. I forgot it. That's shikha. Rebuta says, Basada is telling me, if I'm harvesting a field, and it happens to be that I missed some stalks, as I was harvesting a few stalks here and there, I never even cut it in the first place, even that you need to leave. That's also called shikha. Shikha is not on not only on grain that's all cut. You can even have shikha on a little bit of grain that by mistake you didn't cut. That also you're not allowed to go back. You have to leave it for the aniyah. Okay? And that's learned out from basod, anything that's left on the field. For Rabbanon, shikha kaman aluhaz Rabbanon know that if you leave uncut grain, by mistake, you just, you, you know, you, you whatever, you, you missed the little area by mistake. How do I know that you have to leave it? When you harvest the harvest, meaning you harvest the grain in your field, and you forget, which seems to imply you forgot whether or not it was cut. As long as you went to harvest it. But then you forgot whatever it is, harvested or not harvested, cut or uncut, Allah is going to be, you're obligated to leave it. It's coming to exclude the, um, if you have um, uh, st- uh, bundles of grain that are uh, when you have bundles of grain that kind of are laying on top of somebody else's field so what happened is like this the guy cuts his field the guy cuts and then the wind comes and blows his grain out of the field to somebody else's field and he doesn't realize until later is he allowed to go back and get that grain he says yeah that's going to be okay he says no uh, that halacha uh, of Rabbanon I'm sorry the 
The Rabbana know that halacha from in your field. Okay? That only grains that are lost or forgotten in your field have that halacha. I don't need a limud to tell me if it's somebody else's field. Of course I go back and get it. He says, no, it's not so clear. You need an extra limud to tell me that you could go back and get it even if it is somebody else's field. Okay, period. End of the explanation of that machoikas. But once we touched on the halacha of shikha, of forgotten grain, we're going to stay on this topic and ask a shaila about it. By Rabbi Yirmiya. asked a question, searching for information. If you have your own grain that didn't, you know, get blown onto somebody else's field, but it, re- it got blown, but it's in your field. It remained in your field, like a different spot. Mahu, what's the halacha? Is it called, called shikha? Avir sadek is sadami. Do we say the airspace of a field is considered the field itself and hence it's shikha? It's forgotten grain and you need to leave it just like anything else. Or do we say now that it's laying on top of something else in your field, a pile, a stone, by being, by being blown there, maybe it's, uh, it's not considered your field anymore. It's elevated. It's not your field and therefore it shouldn't be considered shikha. That's the shaila. Let's learn it out from the from the Which means if it floats to somebody else's field, that's not shikha, and you're allowed to get it. However, if it remains in your field, it is shikha. You're not allowed to get it. Says the Gemara, not necessarily. But according to your reasoning. That it says, oh, only if it goes to somebody else's field. It's if somebody, let's say your grain flies to somebody else's field. And that's why you forgot it. And then you notice it later. If it's floating in his field, above his field, then you're allowed to get it back. It seems to imply that if it landed in his field, you can't get it back. Well, that's not true. It's only considered shikha if it's in your field. It's not in your field. We know that Allah is, even if it's laying on the floor of your friend's field, you're allowed to go and get it. Why do we give a case where it's still like floating above? Because that's, that's where we know that it, it, the, the wind took it from one field to the next. So you see that floating is not, uh, is not uh, literal. It means... It, the wind took it from field A to field B. Okay? Bottom line is, we don't have an answer. We don't know yet. We don't have a riot. It's a tashma. Come and listen. If somebody takes an oimer, uh, stalks of grain, and um, he's holding it to take it to the city, and he, he puts it on top of a, another uh, stock, ushachai, and forgot it. So now you have some stocks on top of other stocks. The bottom one is shikha, and the top one's not. Reb Shimon ben Yudai, Reb Shimon ben Shimon. Shneiyam ein shikha. It's both not shikha. Atachta of neishu tamen. 
the bottom one is not considered shikha because it's hidden. And remember, we learned in the Mishnah that um, it uh, it has to be out in the open. The Elyain and the upper, the top stalks of Beishu Hutzaf, it's considered floating. So the Machlaika is only by the the bottom stalks, whether or not it's shikha. Everybody will agree, even if it's in the same field, even if it's in his field, it's not going to be considered shikha and he can go back and get it. So one says, no, shani hasam, there is different. Since he already took hold of it to take it to the city, so he acquired it and now it's not called forgotten grain in the field. He already made a kinning on it and hence the reason why there's no shikha here has nothing to do with being hidden or floating. The reason why there's no shikha here is because it's mine. I already made a Kenyan. See, if somebody brings gra- if if somebody brings the grain into their house, and then is traveling, they want to take the grain to the market, and it happens to be they have to walk back through their field on their way to the market, and grain drops in their field. That's not called shikha. Shikha is only grain that's left there from the time of harvesting. But once I made a Kenyan on it, even if I forget about it, it's not called shikha. That's like a lost object. I already made a kidney on this. Now it's just a standard lost object. And uh, and says the Gemara, therefore you have no proof. Well, if you're done with standard just lost objects, why are we dealing with you left one stalk of grain on top of the other? I feel a sudden army. You can just leave them wherever you want. The whole thing is like, a, it doesn't have hilchah shikha at all. So more says you're right. In a chanami. It's because of the, the bottom one that according to Rav Shimon, his uh, his reasoning is going to be because of the upper one. The reason why um, it's uh, it's not shikha is because it's like it's floating. Okay, since he held on to it, but it's not, it's not really under the parameters of shikha. All right. I am like Ben Azai in the shuk of Tiveria. Okay. So what is the Shuk of Tiveria? So Rashi tells us that Ben Azai, I guess when he was in a good mood, he would go to the Shuk of Tiveria and hold question answer sessions. Open floor discussion, any question you want to ask me in the world, come and ask, you got questions, we got answers. That's what Ben Azai would do. Sabai is feeling good one day and he's like, you know what? Everybody can treat me like Ben Azai. Today I'm willing to answer any question you ask. One of the yeshiva guys said to Abaye, If you have two bodies, one lying on top of the other, Where do you measure the closest city? Do we say that when something is covered with its own species, it's considered Tamin? And something that's Mimbaminoi would not be considered floating, and therefore we would measure it from the top body, because that's the only one that would have a din of Egla Rufa, or maybe Mimbaminoi have a tough, maybe Mimbaminoi is not considered one entity, it's just considered, the top body would be considered floating, and the bottom one would not be considered hidden of Mimbaminoi, because it's covered with its own kind, we should measure from the bottom one, or maybe Mimbaminoi, you don't need to measure at all. So that was his shaila. Three 
options. Either you have one body lying on top of another body. Let's start from the last one. Either you don't measure at all because the top one's floating and the bottom one's hidden. Or you measure only from the top one. Or you measure only from the bottom one. Amar so Abaye said back to him, top of Amar Beis, Tenisua, we learned in the Brisa, if you took a stalk of grain to take it to the city, he left on top of another stalk and forgot Okay? So, the same way stalks are the same uh, same thing, right? Bottom stalk and top, top stalk are the same species. So it should be like the bodies. It should be like the bodies. As the Gemara says, Savrua, they thought at that time, the Hani Tanaik Rabbi Yehuda Svirale, the Omar Basada Pratlatoman, that the Allah is going to be like Rabbi Yehuda, that Basada is excluding something which is hidden from Shikha, my love, Bokamifagi, and then the Nachlaika is going to be the Marsavar Mimbimino Yavitoman, Marsavar Lai Yavitoman. The Mar says, Lai. But here they're arguing between Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanon, whether there's Hilchus, something that's covered over, has the laws of Shikha, the Rabbanon, the Rabbanon, the Rabbanon are, of, um, are going to be following Shitas Rabbanon, which is that even if something is covered over, it has Hilchah Shechah, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda. Fine. If, if the Machlekes is about covered uh, stalks, so why do you got to give a case for one's mamish on top of the other? Even the, the, the bottom one doesn't need to be covered with another, the bottom stalk doesn't make a difference covered with top stalks, even if the bottom stalk is covered with dirt. We should say that it, uh, we have the same problem. What's the difference if it's stalks covering stalks or if it's dirt covering stalks? If you hold that mimbiminoi, same species, is, uh, is creating a hiddenness. Okay. It's not considered shikha. So the Gemara is answering that we have a bigger Chiddush over here. Ton Rabban, the rabbis learned, and that's why they are rabbis. Cholol, the body is considered a cholol. Veloi chonuk. It's not that he was choked. If you find a corpse and it looked like the person was choked to death, there's no din eglarufa. Cholol means veloi mefarper. And um, he, um, at the time that you found him, he was not yet dead. He had one foot in the grave and the other one in a banana peel. He was very close to death and we knew he was dying, but he had to, they had to mamish find a corpse. Ba'adama, v'loytama megal. Na'ithel, v'loytolabila. Ba'soda, v'loytsof al penei hamai. Okay. Rabbi Elazar says, He says, in all these cases, if he was a cholol, meaning cholol over here, it means he was killed by like a knife 
or a sword. So then, orphan, we would deal with, uh, we, we would start with the uh, Egla Rufa. Okay? Tanya, now, now this would apply even if he's covered over in stones. As long as he's killed with some sort of knife or sword or metal object, he holds, we will have Egla Rufa. Tanya went to the price, Amr Bar Yehuda, Amr Lazar. Wouldn't you agree that if he's covered over or he was choked to death, there's no Egla Rufa? Says Gemara, what do you mean? It says, Okay. So what does it mean Chol again? It means even though I would agree in those other cases that they would be excluded from Megla Rufa, but the fact that it says it again, it means that if a person is choked to death, um, there's not going to be Egla Rufa. Okay, back to our Mishnah. If you found it near the border of Eretz or near a city, that's mostly Goyim, also we would not have Egla Rufa. Because it says, Ki when you find Pratlam Matsui, which comes to exclude a case where it's common to find a dead body. Okay? So if it's near the borders of, uh, of cities are more common, that's where people aren't going too far out. And if it's near Avdekechavim, uh, also, they're not so careful about killing. So it has to be a rare case of finding a body where it's very, very unexpected. That's what we're going to get into the halachas of Eglat Rufa. city doesn't have a bezdin to be in a because you need elders of that city to come out Valaka and you don't have that. They measure to the uh, town that has a bezdin pshita kivan the ton of liir sheim bezdin. What's this last statement of the mission? Remember, it didn't come in normally. It didn't come, didn't read well. What do you mean? We only measure to a city that has a bezdin. We already mentioned that. So Gemara says, "Now, Hakamashvalan, this last statement of the Mishnah is coming to teach me." Ketanim learned in a brisa, "Minayin, how do I know? Shem nimsa samachliir sheimba bezdin. If you live near a city that has no bezdin, shemanichin esav maidin liir sheishba bezdin, that you know what we're going to do? Forget that city, pretend it's not existent, and keep measuring to the nearest town that has a bezdin." Tamar leimar v'lachu ziknayir hahi, the elders of that city. Come, which means Mikol Makan. You hear this? So what's going to happen is like this. It's fascinating. You find the corpse in a rare circumstance. So you're going to start measuring to the nearest city. Guess what? If the nearest city you measure to doesn't have a Bezdin, you know what you're going to do? Keep going. And you're going to keep measuring to the nearest Bezdin, nearest city that has a Bezdin. And the nearest city that has a Bezdin, that Bezdin is going to be the one to go out and perform the uh, the mitzvah of Egla Rufa. Okay. Period. End of the Gemara. Let's get into the next Mishnah. What happens if they measure and it's 50-50? The body's on the 50-yard line between two cities that have a Bezdin. Nimtza mechuvim bein shnei ayares, shtei mevia shtei agalis. They bring, they each bring two agalis. Now what does it mean they each bring 
two agolis. What does that mean? Does it mean they each bring two calves? They're going to do two eglarufas? Can't be. They don't bring two eglarufas. Trebelezer over here is obviously referring to two eglarufas will be brought. But one per city. So again, if it's on the 50-yard line, what are you going to do? Says Rebbe Leezer, they each do it. You should know, If the nearest city is Yushalayim, there is no Egla Arufa. We consider it to be a city that doesn't have a Bezden. What happens if the body is dismembered? So part of the body is closer to one city. Another part of the body is closer to a different city. So we're going to bring the head near the majority of the body. You take the body to the head. And where would they measure from? Which part of the body? Do you start measuring from the toes? You start measuring from the fingers. You start measuring from the nose. So Rabbi Yezer says from the from the stomach. Rabbi Yezer Aimer mechaitmai. Rabbi Kiva Aimer, I'm sorry, mechaitmai from the nose. Rabbi Yezer Menakav Aimer, Rabbi Yakov Shenase Chalal from the place that the metal got him and removed his life, which is meitzavarei from the neck. My time at Rebbe Yezer. What is the reason in the beginning of our Mishnah that if it's on the 50 yard line, each Bezdin brings an Egla? Kasavar Efshel He holds it's possible to have 50 50. What does it mean, the nearest city? It means even if there's multiple cities that are near, they also need to bring an Egla Rufa. But not Yerushalayim. There's no single Egla Rufa. Yerushalayim, Damar Kral, Larishta. Going to give you this land to inherit it because Yishlaim is not inherited to a specific part of Kla Yisrael. It's owned by all Kla Yisrael. Hence, it's treated differently. It's treated differently. Only land and cities that are an inheritance to specific Shvatim have Egla Rufa. Yishlaim, Gans Kla Yisrael. Hence, there's no Larishta. Uh, there's no Egla Rufa. What happens if the body was dismembered? So you have the head in one place and the body parts, uh, the, the body in a different place. So we had a Machlaikas. Do you follow the body? Do you follow the head? Which one do you move to which? What's the source of the Machlaikas? They're arguing about where to measure from, closer, further. For the fact that we say where do you measure from seems to imply the, in the ratio of the Mishnah we're not dealing with where, where you're measuring from. So if you're not dealing with where, where to measure from, starting from the head or starting from the body, so as far as what's an afkamina, as far as which halacha would I measure from the head vis-a-vis the body? Nafkamina and halacha is going to be incredible. Ready for this? There's a halacha that if you find a mess mitzvah, you bury the body in that spot. A mess mitzvah acquires the spot that it dies in. Oh, so now this is very important. And this is the shail of our Mishnah. 
We know that when he's buried, he's cutting his place. What happens? You find the head in one place in the body somewhere else. Do you bring the head to the body? That's what Rebbelazer says. However, and the head that acquires the space. Okay? Says the Gemara. Why do they argue? Why does one say the body acquires? It's Rabbi Eliezer. But Rabbi Kiva says the head acquires the place. What's the source of the Machlekes? Mar Savar, one opinion is, that the, when a person's killed, the body stays in its original place. Reisha did not do enough. Somebody's head is chopped off. It's the head that starts to roll. But the body is in the original place that it was killed. So you, that Revelah says you, you, the location of the death is what acquires it. Umar Savar, Bekiva is going to say, Reisha, Hecha de Nafil, Nafil. The head falls wherever it falls. Kufa, Hudarot, Vazil. And it's the, the body that, uh, that uh, continues moving. Now, what the Mepharshim here explain. Is that what do you mean the body continues moving? So uh, when somebody dies, the, the nervous system continues. And even after, the person's not going to go down easy. They just lie down and have somebody shech them. Somebody chop off his head. He's going to go down kicking, kicking and screaming, right? So when somebody chops off his head, it's the body that's going to keep, uh, keep the uh, action going and uh, keep moving along. Where'd they measure from? So either we said from the stomach or from the nose, right? So life is in the nose. The main uh, life is found in his stomach. Why? Because that's where a person receives their nutrition. Let's say it's the same achlekes that we find elsewhere. Where is a baby formed from? Where does a fetus start to be formed from? You remove me from my mother's womb. You, um, you, pulled, uh, um, you, you remove, uh, you, you remove it, and you threw me out. Okay, guys, excuse me, guys is the head, so starts from the head. That's opinion number one. Baby starts being formed from the stomach. Starts from the stomach, and then everything else starts to grow out from there. Says the Gemara, Yishinu Afilu Tema Abashol. Even Abashol, who says that people that babies start growing from their stomachs, may agree with Rabbi Akiva that we measure from the nose. Why? Maybe Abashol is talking about just where a baby's uh, created, how a baby's created. Maybe he'll say like this. When the physical body starts, that starts from the center, from the stomach. But he'll agree that life itself, the neshama, goes from the nose. <clears throat> so maybe he'll say, the fact that it starts to grow from the center doesn't necessarily mean life ends from the center. Okay. Fine. Last part of the mission. Last part. Uh, yeah. Last part of this Mishnah. They measure from the place that he died around the neck. My time to Lazben Yaakov. The Kedushiv that says in the pasuk, Place the necks with the chalolim, the bodies 
of the Rishon. So you see the word Cholol, which is the word that we're looking for, has to do, uh, is very much connected with the uh, Rishon. Okay, fine. We will hold it here for this evening. Gitavach, uh, tomorrow morning, 9.30 a.m. Hopefully from Yerushalayim, we will pick up with the Mishnah, six lines from the bottom of Memmehei Amud Beis. Uh, Gitanach, everybody.